Monday evening, the 13th. Oh, bad luck today. It's Monday the 13th uh, here in the middle of May 2019. It is the latest edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. I am one of your hosts, just one of them, Barry Murphy, holding the fort here. With me also holding the fort is Mr. Paul Griffin. That's me. Hello. And Mr. Joe Towner. Hi, Barry. Hi, Paul. Uh, we're back with another uh, stuffed, packed edition of the Chair Shop Podcast. We got telly golf, we got movie golf, we got shit tons of wrestling golf to talk about. Uh, uh, we've got life. We do have lives. That is true. Um, we're going to talk about all that in the coming uh, hour and a bit, maybe even closer to two. Um, but we're going to kick things off here folks with a little bit of life golf now i'm looking at the rundown here lads all right i'm looking at our our uh, respective weeks we've all had some stuff we're gonna have to chat about you know uh um, happenings in our lives and and pieces of entertainment that we've 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 consumed and are are looking forward to dissecting but i'm gonna kick it off okay because i have the most kind of newsworthy week i think that's fair to say um I was very busy in my absence. That's why we're recording the show late. I was very busy. Uh, you know, we, we we have all these things going on. I have to talk about this toasty I got in Dublin. Okay? Paul, you're a sort of kind of Dublin-based man in a way, almost kind of. I mean, I live in Dublin, so yeah. Yeah, right. Well, it's a big place. Um, have you ever heard of Meltdown? No. So you know the way Dublin has kind of posh, bougie versions of everything. It's like here's a ten euro donut. I do. And here, here, here's um, here's uh, gelato, which is ice cream, but we put a fiver on the price. <laughs> I I have purchased both those donuts and the gelato as well. Yeah. Now let me, but let me tell you about. I don't even know if it's a new trend. It's just this one place. But I'm all in favor of being a trend, right? Okay. Meltdown, posh toasties, right? Um, now. <laughs> Now, for, for my toasted sandwich and a can of Coke, which was a meal deal, I paid the princely sum of 10 euros. Okay? What? 10 euros. And I believe, I looked at the menu, and I believe the sandwich on its own was like 7 So what the fuck is this 2 euro can of Coke that's a deal? But I, I, I digress anyway. I had, right, a mac and cheese and bacon toasty. Okay, wait and a, I think. Wait, what? Excuse me. Yes, yes, yes. You heard me. You heard me right. Has okay. In a toasted sandwich. That's crazy. I thought it was crazy too. I'll maybe returning to this establishment. I thought I'll satiate my friends by tagging along, but I'll never be back. It was fucking incredible. It was so good. And I think the secret ingredient is just a stupid amount of cheese in this sandwich. Mm. Just mm. cheese and cheese and cheese and cheese. Um, it was fucking amazing. It was like one of my favorite things. I mean, like, I love to eat in Dublin. One thing about Dublin, it's expensive and it's crowded and all this other stuff. I love to eat in Dublin. They have lots of nice stuff. 
this sandwich was fucking great. Obviously, you're not going to go there on your lunch break every single day of the week because that starts racking up the old coins. But a big, huge thumbs up from me. Big, greasy, cheesy mac and cheese thumbs uh, uh, up from me. I was a mess after eating this. And unashamedly so. Um, so that's my life, Goff. Uh, I hope Paul can make it down to Meltdown at some point and back me up on that. Well, I'll tell you, your uh, first mistake is, right, Meltdown is in uh, Temple Bar. Yes. Which is like tourist city. So, of course, you're going to spend fucking 10 euro well, on it. We, we, were, we were going there to, for the purpose of getting it. We didn't just wander into Temple Bar. I'll find somewhere reasonable to eat. No, but my, my, point, my point is that Temple Bar is ridiculously extortionate. Of course it is. I know. Of course it's going to be really expensive. Um, I mean, you could have just made one of those at home as well. No. No, it was too good. That, that yeah, hang on. You can, we can make any, all the shit we eat on this show, we can make at home. Mm, not, not McDonald's, mate. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, burger and chips. No one's ever made that. Hmm. I mean, I'll be honest. I have, I have never made a chicken nuggets. I've had a chicken nuggets at home. Yeah. What? <laughs> what? Uh, listen, just you, just humor me on this one, and I think you'll be pleasantly surprised, or not surprised because you take my word as gospel. But you know. Oh yeah, I mean, it is the best toasty around, lads. So get your, get down to what's it called again? Meltdown. The meltdown. <laughs> That's right. And do you know what else? It's uh, because it's Dublin. Everything is crammed into tiny holes in the wall, and there's nowhere to fucking sit. It's just a hellhole that should be wiped off the face of the earth. But you know where um, Meltdown is based out of the, the physical location, uh, the Button Factory, which was to be the home oh. of the uh, now cancelled Courage Wrestling Show. Yes, um, that was going to be their big city centre debut until they had lost some talent and then cancelled the whole show. And I realized halfway through my sandwich, and that just amused me. So I might have added an extra star to the rating just for that realization halfway through the sandwich. Um, but yes, there you go. And that was about the epitome of my life, Guff. I saw a Courage Wrestling poster still in town the other day from that first pack show. Oh, wow. Well, I, and so they're not even, they're, you know, not environmentally conscious either. Leaving no. their shite up. Yeah. Um, outrageous. That's outside but, uh, Smith's there on... Um... Jarvis Street, whatever it's called. What? Um, yeah, that was about the epitome of my life. Guff. Solid weekend, weekend in Dublin there. I had a bit of fun, but um, not, not a whole lot of gas, not a whole lot of things going on in the world, in my world anyway. Um, so yeah, what about, what about you boys? Let's jump into non-toasty Guff. Well, I'm on a week's holidays off work, so I'm quite enjoying, <laughs> enjoying my life at the moment. Um, it was Nat's birthday two days ago. Yeah, Happy birthday to her. Happy birthday, Nat. Happy birthday to her. Um, so, what, what did we do? We were... Uh, went down, went for a meal in the pub around the corner. Manhattan. Had a nice steak there. That was quite good. Uh, we then... Had people around here, so there was a lot of uh, talking, a lot of drinking, some karaoke. I didn't partake this time, don't worry about that. Um, then went down to League Slip yesterday for the end of the Premier League, which was quite exciting for half an hour and then kind of whimpered out. Uh, Liverpool didn't win the league, though, so I was very happy about that. Very yeah, satisfied finale to the football. 
coming up on the 30th anniversary so it is uh we had um we had the man city game on the telly we had the liverpool game on my tablet via the sky go app and then I was also illegally streaming the Man United game. Uh, turned that one off pretty quickly. No Did need to watch. Uh, don't need to be utterly humiliated. Uh, <laughs> so pop that off uh, quickly enough. Um, what else? We had a nice barbecue in the afternoon. Weather was nice. So the barbecue come out. Had another steak. And I had a sirloin burger, which was very nice. And then we played Uno in the evening. Uh, so playing Uno was myself, my dad, my brother, uh, my friend Sean, and then uh, birthday girl herself. And the way Uno is, is correctly played is with the scoring system. So after each hand, you count up the scores of everyone that, you know, all the cards you have left. Uh, and you'll never guess who won the Uno by a margin of about 200 points. Only Natalia herself. Uh, no, not me. I came like uh, second last, I think. I'm not good at Uno. I wasn't going to guess you, but okay. Uh, well, that would have been the nice thing to do, Barry. The, <laughs> the, the gracious thing would have been to say, Paul, probably you won the Uno. But um, that would have been a lie. That would have been an untruth. Uh, we were all humane. Because, right, here's, here's, how, here's how it goes, right? Uh, you, have your, you have your Skippy card. You have your reverse card. You have right. the pick up two, the pick up fours. They're yeah, all worth nice. like 20 to 40 points each, right? Okay. And then you have your face value cards, your zero to nines. They're worth whatever the value is of the card. So an eight, an eight is worth an eight, for example. After five hands, not, like I was on 160. We're all on about 140. Uh, Natty there with eight points after five hands. We're like, how is this possible? Every time she's having just like a, a zero or a three. Oh, man. Anyway, uh, my brother in one hand got 150 points, which was the highest of the game. Because we were only playing up to 250. So he got three-fifths of the way there in one go. Um, but yeah, we got a little bit addicted to Uno down in um, down Leak Slip. Whenever That's we go good down. wholesome fun, though. Good wholesome fun, and you also get these three blank cards that you can write your own rule on with like a pencil. Uh, and there's only three of those in the deck. So we we had one which was like uh pick any player to pick up to to pick up two cards, or like everyone must swap their hand to the left. And it was all like make it all crazy. Oh mate, breathe. Um then on Wednesday Natty and myself are going to be together five whole years. Or f- not, we're not married, so it's not Ooh. an anniversary. But no, of course, no. Yeah. The, f- the five-year dealie. May, what was it? May 15, 2014. When it all began. And it all begins again. WrestleMania oh. 20. <laughs> Chain of Man, little baby. Uh, so that's the thing. So I don't know, we'll probably get cinnamon go for a meal or something that day. I've been told, Paul, you need to actually plan something <laughs> rather than just say we're going to do stuff. So I'm going to have me get me thinking cap on tomorrow for that one. Uh, and then finally, in sad news, we're going to go to the vet tomorrow uh, because little Sam, Sam the rat, who's been living for... Aww. 
for quite a while with congestive heart failure. Oh, hey, nine months. nine months with this. Uh, we think it's time to let him go. So we're going to bring him to the vet tomorrow and then we'll... Goodbye, England's Rose. Yeah. Although yeah. we never knew you at all. So um, we've had him for two years, which is long for a rat. And uh, he's actually the last of kind of the original group. <laughs> the last of the rats. The last of the Mohicans. So we've arranged to take him to the vet tomorrow. So that's that's the one kind of sad bit to all the what what's otherwise been a good weekend and a good a good week so far. Uh, Joe, what about yourself? Well, it's funny, Paul. You know how you were talking about your dental problems the other week. I do. Uh, was having a lovely uh, toffee on Thursday evening. Oh, no. Yum, yum, yum. Mm, love a nice toffee. And, uh, oh, what's that? Mm, something a little bit hard in this toffee. Mm, is it sugar? Mm, no, it's me feeling what's uh, come out. Come out. <laughs> oh, that's nice. Um, so, kept the filling, obviously. Keep that as a little souvenir. Um, Can you not just plunk it back in like a Lego piece? Uh, yeah, you think so these days with technology and all that, but no. A little bit of super glue. <laughs> yeah, so managed. Also, bloody hard to get a dentist appointment, I'll be honest, lads. Um, so I had to wait uh, a couple of days, but eventually went in. I've put in like a temporary filling so I can eat properly yeah. for a few weeks. Then I'm going to have to get a, um, get a new one put in. Uh, but while I was there, the old dentist had a look at me choppers and ooh, they're in a right old state. So I'm going to have to spend a bloody fortune getting them fixed. So that's something to look forward to. What do you need? Just fillings and stuff? Or? Uh, she, she said I need, yeah, my old fillings need replacing because otherwise oh. the, the same thing will probably happen. Where they, you know, that's a lot of bollocks though. Fillings should be for life. I know. Not just for Christmas. <laughs> well done. Because uh, I've got on two. I think I've only got two or three films at the but I've had one for quite a while. I didn't realize that they just come out on a whim. I think, I think if the de- the rest of the tooth around it decays, then they'll, they'll get loose and mm. come out. So it's more the tooth than the filling that's letting you down there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyway, that was that. So I'm gonna have to go back several times over the next few months and uh, mm. do all that. Yeah. Mm. How much did they charge you for that? I think. Feel like the examination, and they also gave me a special toothpaste as well that apparently is high in fluoride. But it was like eighty quid or something. <sighs> I yeah. use a, a good fluoride toothpaste called Corsidil, which is quite Cors- good. Oh, okay. Yeah, Corsidil is good. Yeah, that's what I use. Although apparently, the- it's what uh, you—they're strong. It's recommended when you have an infection in your gob. Yeah, because it's really, mm. really good. Uh, although the last one I went to get my root canal, they said to me don't be using that all the time. But then when I looked at it and I got back, it's like, it just says daily fluoride toothpaste. doesn't indicate that it should only be used sparingly. So I don't know. I don't know who to trust, dentists or mm. what say on the toothpaste. Oh, interesting. Corsidal mouthwash, also very good. Because Natty, when she had her um, wisdom teeth out, she would use the corsidal mouthwash. And it was, it was basically would work as like a painkiller. It would just make, make it be like tolerable. Um, didn't work for me with the old uh, intense tooth pain I had there over Easter. But uh, yours was internal, mine wasn't so much. Yeah, you you just had big gaping holes in your mouth. Yeah. <laughs> um, 
but yeah, luckily I'm fixed. And hopefully, Joe, that gets taken care of for you ASAP. Because yeah. yeah. I was thinking when I went to get my root canal recently, like I have an intense dislike of the dentist. Um, but not due to like the pain of it or anything. I just don't like the judginess of dentists where they take a look and go, you've been drinking a lot of Coke, have you? It's like, Ooh. mate, I'm 30. Let me live my life and just fix me <laughs> teeth and don't be giving me grief. Yeah, I got, I got real fed up with that towards the end of the old uh, brace run. Especially because, like you said, I was in my 20s. I'm like, yes, I have been. Would you rather I fucking did crack? What, like... <laughs> But the last dentist I went to was really nice, and also the root canal guy was quite nice. They weren't giving me shit, so I was like, "All right, I'll go back to you in six months' time, and you can have another look in me mouth." Because um, the old dentist I used to go to would give you that shit, and also would fucking X-ray every time you'd go. He'd go, "Hmm, looking in your mouth isn't enough. I need to do an X-ray. That'll <laughs> yeah, be 150 do, uh, euro, please, for doing nothing from every fucking angle, please." Yeah. Honestly, like they're taking a fucking selfie. It's just, yeah, another one, another one. Yeah, seven quid a go. Thank you very much. Um, so there you go, yeah. Dentists, what are they like? Bad. Do you ever go for, like... Because I'm, I'm going to try and get back into the routine and just go to the dentist every six months for a checkup and that, right? Do any of you go to the doctor with any regularity just for a checkup? Because I, I only ever go to the doctor when there's a problem. Yeah, no. I don't get checkups. Because the, unlike the dentist, that's where I would be afraid that they'd be like, uh, you're dying. <laughs> yeah. So, I get, I, yeah, I, I feel like I feel like I just enough stuff comes up that I go to the doctor semi regularly anyway. Yeah. Uh, like I all I pretty much always have to go once a year for like when hey, like just, just this past a couple of weeks ago when I, I, I missed the show. It's like hay fever gets so bad that it just it gets me like properly sick and down that I actually have to go and get something properly prescribed mm. for it. And then you and then you know roughly six months later I get a co- I get a really bad you know man flu that I have to go to the doctor for. Yeah, um, should probably ask him while I'm in there to have an out squeeze of the balls, but I never do. <laughs> do that myself, mate. I don't need you to charge me fifty quid for that privilege. Oh man. I'll finger up the hole as well. Don't forget that. Yeah, I had one of those like a year ago because I, I had uh, belly problems and so I got mm-hmm. an old uh, uh, finger up the bum. Yeah. Um, uh, no, it probably would have been two years ago at this stage and I realized you're probably supposed to do it more often than two years ago but you know what? I was like, that's not very pleasant and he didn't properly brief me before he did it. <laughs> he didn't brief me. And uh, my, my take that as well, I did not have prostate cancer when I was uh, 25 I'm probably good until I'm about 35 before I need to get it checked again. So, uh, I, just, I just had the, in my head the image of getting a, a, a prostate exam and then the doctor showing you that he's not using his hands. And then I thought to myself, what what a childish homophobic thing to think. And then I was just <laughs> chuckling to myself for about 10 minutes about it. Like he puts his hands out in front of your eyes going, hello. Oh, it's his cock. Anyway. Speaking of Game of Thrones, oh, the show you. where Tyrion Lannister can't help but talk about cocks. Ooh, cocks! Ooh, I will die with the cock in my hand. Anyway, any more life guff before we get onto the, the Game of Thrones guff? 
no. That it? Yeah. All right. So, Game of Thrones. I'm finally caught up. I can finally talk to you about it. You're welcome. Natty made me watch it. Um, uh, well, you know, it's good that she did that. Well, I'm going to preemptively say, before we get into the discussion of the latest two episodes, let's say, um, that I've been right all along, and the Game of Thrones was never good. Uh, in that, well, come on now. Well, actually, okay, maybe you're right. Because <laughs> I, was thinking, I was thinking earlier, it's not just about these most two recent episodes. I think, I think the last two seasons have been an infinitely dumber show than what it was uh, when it started. And I, I haven't gone back and rewatched them, but I was just in my head sort of reliving some of those season one moments. And it was like a different show. Yeah. And I'm sure if you were to go back and watch it, and it's, that's, you know, top-notch television, it would be annoying to go back and watch it knowing where it goes. Do you know what I mean? It's almost worse than, like, Modern Simpsons and Old Simpsons because they're not, because, because it's not a serialized story. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, it, it's... It's I, I compared it on, on Twitter earlier today. It is like the Star Wars prequels because you, you've you've made this integral part of the story and you've made it so dumb that it like directly affects the quality of the actual good parts of the story. Yeah, I actually was I was watching the last week's episode just uh, over the last few days, and I I had heard I hadn't heard any specifics, but I had heard that it was like they had tried to fit five episodes into one and i got about 35 minutes in and i was like i don't really get this feeling because you know they have the whole party after the battle of winterfell and it's only of course i mean what is by now the infamous scene with uh the ship ambush and all that and that entire scene takes three and a half minutes that's all that's all the time they give it like but tna booking yeah, but like thinking back, that that in in let's call the old Game of Thrones way, mm. that would have been a good twenty minute at the end of an episode. You know, mm. it's like they're they're in their ships, whoop behind the rock. There's some more ships. Oh, they've whoop. got a big mad crossbow. Oh, shoot the dragon. Oh, the, and, and and it's just like it's done. It's like and but then they have of course a ten minute scene where they're talking about it afterwards. It's like <laughs> no, the scene should be ten minutes long, mm. and that's where the problem that's kind of plagued the last episode and a half really kind of for me began where I think if, if it, if the season had, or the series even had gone up to the battle of Winterfell and then that little epilogue, that would have been a fine closing for me. Um, but now that they've, as Barry's kind of alluded to done a lot of stupid stuff extremely quickly in the last episode and a half, it, um, it's definitely the wheels are starting to come off as it, kind of trundles to an end here and it's a shame because i kind of i like the idea behind a lot of the stuff they're doing and i like the logic behind it but yeah. the fact that it's been done so fast uh kind of make it, it makes it feel very unearned um like characters are just changing their mind on a whim as opposed to it being a character development and i don't mind characters changing their mind and i don't mind characters changing their behavior but in a TV show, there needs to be more reason given, or there needs to be more time given to it, as opposed to, like, for instance, for me, the biggest one is the Jamie Lannister swerve, I guess you call it, where he, he just changes completely at the last second. Uh, and Cersei, also, to, to an extent. 
yeah. and it just felt super unearned. It didn't feel earned because there was no build up to it and there was no real reason for it. Aside from the flip of a coin. Um the Daenerys thing, not so much. Because even in the previous episode there was a lot there was a lot of kind of foreshadowing of it. Mm. Um like Tyrion, I think right right near the start of the previous episode, Tyrion, they have their little meeting, he's saying, Well, the the objective is to get to get Cersei, but not to uh have any collateral damage. And then I think Varys mentions something like that later in the same episode. And there's there's kind of a lot of talking about this is what we're trying to avoid this is what we're trying to avoid and you can even see in kind of Daenerys's mannerisms that she's kind of she's saying yeah alright but that's not really what's going on in her head so like that's okay to me that was kind of foreshadowed but a lot of the stuff that's happening on the ground floor um, didn't make so much sense to me especially the uh, and I was I was actually reading your post uh, about this Barry the, the Arya stuff where She's just really easily convinced, like, ah, oh, don't worry about killing her. That thing that you've been your your life has been essentially about ever since. Don't worry about yeah. killing her. Just go home. <laughs> and she's like, all right. Um, yeah, and, and this character who says that is this like like sort of quasi father figure type, I guess. But you kind of, well, not really. You kind of get the vibe that they're kind of both learning about each other. You know, she doesn't she doesn't put the hound. Yeah, they, they've not spent really enough time together yeah. for it to be that and they have a good dynamic but not not and especially then in the actual scene itself it's like they have their big hoss fight and the the, the maester is killed and Cersei's just there she's just walking off it's like <laughs> oh my god this is stupid <laughs> oh yeah it was a bummer and, and I think it, it, it does seem like the Daenerys thing is like this big bone of contention and it's this hotly debated thing and I, I'm kind of with you in the sense that well like you know it's like fine they did kind of tease it but like it's weird that, that they do that this thing that they've been teasing for like a couple of episodes properly and then the stuff that they've been sculpting over the entire run of the show like Arya and Jamie Lannister they just sort of fob off yeah you know um uh, just in in really really kind of, I feel like I, I, the the Jamie Lannister thing in particular. Looking at the way he, everything wrapped up for him, I feel like if if Ben Offen Wise wrote the final episode of Breaking Bad, the scene where Walt admits he did it because he liked it, he would actually say, uh, "No, Skyler, I swear, I, I did it for you." And she'd go, "Yeah, I believe you. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, you're right. It, it wasn't it wasn't about you know." you having a purpose in your life and something that you love doing other than being a, a boring house husband and, and, and teacher. I, I, you know, it wasn't about that. It was just about putting food on the table. Sound. Cheers. You're a good lad. Want to write? <laughs> <laughs> I think the, the disappointment a lot of people have as well is that what these things have happened earlier in the series, um, that I think I think this this time there's a, because there's only one episode left that there's a finale a finality about everything, and so you know that there's no time for this to come good or or to pay off like like with wrestling you know uh, let's let's see how it turns out let's see where it goes like th- this is it this isn't <laughs> this isn't going anywhere that's that's it, and so people are naturally going to be disappointed with it's... dissatisfying conclusions. That whole episode from last night, it just reminded me of like a really bad kind of, you know, 
mythological action movie like a Troy or like you know, what was that one that Jamie Lannister was in that was really bad I can't remember what it's called but what yeah gods and kings that kind of level of stuff like it, it's just there's no like subtlety and even the really kind of brutal gory stuff it was just so over the top that you don't really care I was just like laughing at it it was so such a attempt to be like oh you know war is bad and it's edgy and it's blood it's just like oh it's just so silly and over the top um i hated that varus i was that very underwhelmed with his death like would he really be that stupid and that obvious about it he's, yeah. he's, he's this incredibly like smart character who's basically survived every administration he's been in despite stitching them all up and there he is basically just showing his hand to Alden Sundry. <sighs> I'm kind of Pascal. I was very disappointed with like the, the first few episodes of the season, but now I'm just kind of like, don't really care anymore. I could just laugh at it. Yeah, I, I, I was like, I think I was kind of, I was something of a high man on the season so far. I was like, well, I feel like a lot of the, the silly logic holes in the season so far were, were kind of par for the course of what you got in season seven. Mm. Uh, it was like, ah, well, you know, they're fudging this, and the show's kind of gotten like louder and more obnoxious as time has gone on and less subtle. But that's fine, whatever, you know. And season eight's like, ah, well, you know, this bit here, and okay, that was a bit long, and eh, and okay, Euron kills a dragon, like it's nothing. That's kind of silly. They kind of kind of. But then this episode, there was it was too much. There was too many things. We're going, what, how, both in terms of where characters were going, but also those little logic things. Like, last week, everyone was 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 perplexed why they, you know, nerfed the idea of dragons by having them being easily slain. Then this week, one just upends the entire city and army and just wrecks yeah. everything on its own. With, like... Like, were they trying to imply that she, like... Uh, flew high and came down from the sun, so the sun was in his eyes? Am I reading too much into the way that was shot? I don't know... Um, but like really like, like, because it was a show that kind of, despite its fantasy setting, it always felt like it was grounded and real and smart and, and detail oriented. And I think that's why it did have that level of critical and commercial success because you were able to trick people into thinking, Oh no, you're not watching orcs and norks and swords and sorcery. No, you're watching a proper, you know, uh, um, uh, you know, political backstabbing family drama, uh, thing that just happens to be said in that era. Now it's kind of it's funny that as its popularity has crescendoed, it's become a really fucking stupid, big budget CGI battle, fucking twist and turn bullshit um, TV show. Um, and I think the epitome of that is is Yoran, who I talked about in, in in that post on on the forum. He he's the most kind of whatever we need him to be on any given day is what he'll be. He's either to be ter- he's either terrifying and to be feared or he's not depending on what the script needs at any given time. He can either be uh, uh you know he'll show up whenever he needs to show up. He'll play spoiler when he has to, but then he can just as easily be off without any you know without any real consequence. It's just so it's just so flimsy. Um do you know what um, it reminds me of, but but done right. Um, do you remember? I don't remember if you guys watched the show. Uh, Bobby Cannavale's character in Boardwalk Empire that one season. Yeah, yeah. Jip uh, Rossetti, like that to me is that character done right, where he's enough time to kind of build his character, and you only have him for a season, then he's gone. But um, like, 
uh, Euron in Game of Thrones just kind of wandered in there towards the end of last season and just was like this fully built character already. He never became more than that or less than that. That's just what he was. Uh, and he just kind of ultimately had no <laughs> no real purpose. Um, so, yeah. Shame. Yeah. So, I, I, I don't know what we kind of... We haven't really talked about Tyrion either. What was the last plan Tyrion had worked in any fashion? That was, by the way, the, the one good bit of the episode, this, this week's episode, was there was one nice shot where he was walking um, towards this bit of a wall that had kind of been blown out. Um, I think was it where the dragon came through. I don't remember. But it was a shot just of him, and he looked like so small with his big blown yeah. out wall in front of him. That was I went. Oh, that's quite quite a nice shot. Um, yeah, I know the one you're talking about as well. Yeah, not much else was was good. You know, I don't believe that Tyrion would turn on Varys like that. It was Varys that saved him and helped him escape from King's Landing, and they introduced him to Daenerys in the first place. And now he's like crossing her up because of what? Yeah, up what? Like, huh? It's like the people that haven't been like massively let down, like like Jamie and all these other people, have just been sort of subtly like neutered. Like, so like is so is what we're left with like to root for fucking useless idiot dickhead Jon Snow who just stands out fucking look on his face. Can't believe this went tits up, even though it was so extremely obvious that was going to happen. Even within the universe of the show, it was obvious that was going to happen. <sighs> Like, because like, it, it's like the, the whole idea that well, he's more beloved, but it's like you don't get the vibe that he's a king out of it. You know what I mean? You don't get the feeling yeah. that he's like worthy or. And this season in particular, my God, he's done nothing. And as someone pointed out, even in the good seasons, it's stuff like the Battle of the Bastards. He's never like won a fight off his own military ways. You know what I mean? He's always bailed out and all this other stuff. And Tyrion, they've just you, you, you look at kind of you know all his little schemes and the things that made him so fascinating and endearing as a character, like the the first trial by combat and when he married off Cersei's daughter and just all the little things he did that made you seem like he was a step ahead of everyone else. It's like, what was the last one of those he even had? It might have been two seasons ago, if not more. Well, does it say something that the, while the show was based on the books, that it had a certain cleverness to it? And once it diverged from that point and the showrunners took over, albeit which with a bit of advice as to where to go, that kind of came off the rails. Oh, and I think that's where a lot of the finger pointing is happening. Yeah. Um, and it's hard it's hard not to. Because it's not just that, oh, well, these characters are going in, in annoying directions. That's a shame. It's like the writing's less sharp. It's not, like, as funny. Like, you had a little bit... Like, the last episode with Tyrion and Ferris, that they're... they're conversations were you know that was kind of closer to, to good game of thrones but generally speaking you're not you know it's it's missing that game of thrones bite it's just less clever all in all um yeah and i'm sure i'm sure george R. R. martin's been directly involved in a lot of this i'm sure people probably don't want to don't want to believe that but i'm sure he is and i'm sure when he in you know 50 years when he fin- when his fucking skeleton finishes these books it's going to be completely different from the TV show. And he's going to go, oh, no, no, that TV stuff. <laughs> Don't know what they were smoking. I wasn't even in the room. Anyway, here's the book where uh, fucking Ari is queen of the world. Yeah. I think the problem is they diverted so much from the books that you can't really then divert back <laughs> to whatever George R. R. Mines ending is. Because yeah. you've gone in a completely different direction. So it's like trying to bolt that onto whatever direction they were going in. It's not going to work. 
I hated the mountain thing as well. That he just looked like a big zombie. He looked baby. like Me- Mechavaris. <laughs> big old head. I, I when that started, I was nearly hoping. I don't. I hope they don't make a point to have his like helmet fall off and finally reveal his face because we we know what he is. Just like a big zombie man. And then even his fucking shirt come off. He just looked like a, he looked like um. No, not Power Rangers. Fucking like a RoboCop villain. Yeah. Uh, I kind of, I, I kind of wanted it just because of how stupid everything had gotten. I was like, well, you better at least give us the fucking zombie. I want to at least see the fucking zombie. Give me whatever base thrill I can get out of this stupid show. I, I thought the, the fucking fight, I liked it, but it was, I liked it for all its faults. Like it was so anime. It was so fucking stupid. Yeah. Like, it, you know, but I kind of took, I took some glee out of that. And I thought the, the ending of that fight was at least, you know, somewhat poetic for that character. I, I thought that was all right. Mm. But, um, yeah, like the, the, like in some sense, the shots were cool, but like the castle's falling around them and it's on fire and the oh, dragon's God. flying around the backyard. I'm like, oh, And then the hand does like a forced jump over the mountain. <laughs> I guess his legs chopped off. And yeah, like, uh, and and <laughs> the mountain does his fucking. He presses down, down, forward, circle, and does his fatality with the eyes. It's just like, oh, oh god, god. Like again, you go back to the good years, and it's like a whole other. It's a whole different breed of show from like the Viper fight, um, uh, which was, you know, just just something else entirely. But yeah, yeah. But even even with all the criticisms of that, I thought that was one of the like positives of it. I thought they at least gave the Hound a feel. On paper, even if in execution it was a wacky fight scene, I think they gave him at least something of a decent ending. Mm. It does seem like... Again, not to just constantly make pre- Star Wars prequel comparisons. It seems like the, part of the agenda for this season was just to make the biggest fuck-off epic set pieces ever. And it's just, and even like a simple what should have been a fairly straightforward fight like this had to be the most indulgent thing ever, um, uh, with with uh, elaborate sets and things falling down and a conclusion that involves jumping out of a building and then a green screen and fall into flames and you know just uh, there's there's not we're, we're so far gone from the ideas of just two lads fighting in a field with, with swords you know yeah. Like you compare again another another much better thing from a few years ago. You compare this like the when when Brienne and and the Hound had that fight. That was great um, compared to this. But uh, but yeah, <sighs> one, it, feel, it this feels like a disappointing finale because I feel like the wind is now out of everyone's sails for the actual last episode. Mm. I don't think anyone cares. Oh, just get it over with. Yeah, I mean I care. Because I was never, I'm not, I'm not you know, trying to be the one now to come and go, well, I knew all along, but I, I, I was never a huge Game of Thrones guy, I think ever since season, like, two. I've watched it, but I, I think as a result, I'm not as disappointed as a lot of the bigger fans are, let's say. It'll be fine. I mean, I only watched the fucking last week's episode, I only finished it today. <laughs> so, I've been behind. Um, Speaking, though, of uh, shows which fucking nailed the last season and didn't make a hash of it at all um we started watching lost again oh um natty and me i mean we had when we had started watching it and we um we got to a point where there was these like two filler episodes in a row and knowing that the next episodes were two filler episodes kind of 
killed my enthusiasm a little bit. And we just kind of fell off, but we started watching again there last week. Uh, coming to the end of season two with all the kerfuffle in the hatch. We'll see how that goes out. Natty has made a promise to me that she will not seek out spoilers for it. So she's going in. No, it's okay. It's easy. Don't worry. Just don't go to Reddit slash Lost or however Reddit works. Um, yeah. Uh, and you'll be fine. Um, no one's talking about a show from a decade ago anyway. Um, except us. Except us right now at this moment. Um, so coming to the end of that whole hatch daily and uh, we'll take it from there. But I, I'm in really loving watching Lost again. The thing with that Lost does great. I mean, first of all, the whole flashback thing. I mean, a lot of shows have kind of taken that and run with it as well. But the pacing of the episodes is so good. Whatever you think about the mythology and where that leads and how that's handled, fair enough. But um, the pacing of the shows are so, so good. Just keeps chugging along at a good pace. When the flashbacks go a little bit too long, okay, back to the island, back to the shit going on there, blah, 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 blah. And it's very kind of, you know, pulpy, silly, fun. I, I love it. I love it. I love it, love, love it. And Joe, what about yourself? Um, also been watching the last season of Veep, uh, which has been fairly funny, but <laughs> kind of similar to Game of Thrones. It's gone very kind of big and wacky in the final episode. <laughs> also got a silly moments and characters and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, still good. I think the last episode was on last night, so I need to catch up with that. That was good. Uh, on the complete opposite end of the, t- of the spectrum, I was also watching a documentary called The West, on Netflix, which is a Ken Burns documentary. Uh, he did the, the Civil War and Vietnam documentaries. Uh, very, very good. It's about the, the West of America and how the, the Native Americans were kind of driven out and killed by the Americans expanding from, from the East Coast out into, into the West. And it, it follows uh, kind of history through the 1800s. So that's, that's really interesting. Watched quite a few of those yesterday. So give that a big thumbs up. If you like your docos. I do. I do like a doco. Hmm. I like a doco. Yeah. None of you, neither, none, neither, uh, neither of you had any of that vice stuff yet, wrestling stuff? No. No, not yet. I would like to watch okay. it. Just to uh, find out who uh, Gina Hernandez is, obviously. Yes, the, the, the burning question on everyone's uh, lips. Uh, all right. Uh, not a lot of game golf this week. I I'm playing that new Mortal Kombat 11. Uh, it's good. You 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 chop those people up real good, real satisfying. Uh, not a lot to talk about there. I just started it. Uh, uh, yeah, this week. So I'm, I might report back on that there next week. Uh, will we jump in to the movie golf? Yeah. All right. Who wants to Who wants to get us going there on the movie golf? Well, I just watched one movie this week. Uh, and it's an oldie called Top Secret. Sorry, with an exclamation mark, which I forgot to put in. Uh, Top Secret, which is um, a pre-Naked Gun and pre-Airplane uh, Zucker uh, farce movie. Uh, stars Val Kilmer. And what's the man's name? Don't tell me. <laughs> okay, from, I won't. From Star Wars. Who played Grand Moff Tarkin? Uh, 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 <laughs> Peter. Mark Hamm- uh, something Cushing. What's his first name? Peter Cushing. It is Peter Cushing. Yes. Peter Cushing. All right, Ian as well. Um, I'm a, I'm a big Naked Gun guy. Hmm. 
uh, I, I don't mean I go and shoot schools in the nude. Um, I mean, uh, <laughs> I love those naked gun films. Uh, Airplane, I quite like, but don't love. And this one, I kind of, I was, I was kind of mixed on it. Um, the thing that it does really well, which the naked gun films and Airplane do really well as well, are visual gags. Like the visual gags in it are really clever, and they're really funny. Uh, the problem is that the rest of the film, outside of the visual gags, is not particularly funny. Uh, and Val Kilmer is dreadful in it. I think it was like one of his first big roles. And uh, he's he's not very good and not very funny. Um, definitely lacks a Leslie Nielsen to it, which I think really helps those kind of films work. The, the deadpan, uh, serious actor, in inverted quotes. Um because you need something like that for the silliness to kind of bounce off. And this film just didn't have it. Uh, so although the visual gags were very funny, uh, I, th- I thought it was kind of a, a flat, cheap feeling film. And I didn't think it was particularly good. That's all I watched this week. All right. Um, yeah, I watched, I went to the cinema, saw me a hot new release. Uh, I saw that Detective Pikachu um, which is, of course, the Ryan Reynolds joint. Um, don't know who's directing it. Some guy who knows how to make a dumb children's movie, I guess. Um, Miyamoto. It's all right. Uh, it is, in fact, a dumb children's movie. It's kind of like, um, I think it's like this generation's equivalent of like the Power Rangers movie, where. It was like they kind of tried to, for their big feature film Hollywood debut, they kind of tried to make it look like it was something more approaching, like a, like a, a, a you know, young adult action movie. But you could, you couldn't shake the fact that it was a dumb movie for dumb babies. That's kind of the same for 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 Detective Pikachu here. They have an all right cast. Uh, there's some decent jokes. Uh, but the premise is really fucking stupid. The premise, I don't want to say it's very Pokemon because I haven't played a Pokemon game in, in quite some time or watched any of the anime, but it's like really dumb, like like uh, Saturday morning cartoon bullshit. Um, so so uh, it's it, I would say it's pretty much exactly what you would have expected from the trailers and all that other stuff, which is a a, a fun kids movie with a, with a good central performance. And and I think the main goal it sets out to do and it achieves is uh, is it sets up a, a pretty decent universe. I think the the, the world of the Pokemon uh, is is pretty interesting and, and pretty well done. And the CGI is pretty good. The characters look cute when they need to look cute. They're funny when they need to be funny. You know, the the the, the one the one or two kind of actual Pokemon battle scenes are, are good. They're well done. Uh, and so I have, I think this did a solid opening weekend. I think it's probably going to do very well overall. And I would imagine we'll get more uh, in this universe, as as is the parlance of the day. So um, yeah, Paul, as a as a as a you know, you're more of a Pokemon man than me. I think you'll I think you'll get a kick out of this. Good. But not not. It seems it seemed like there was a ton of fan service in it, but I don't think it's an extremely fan servicey movie. Well, like I think they did make uh, Jinx get tits out in that or something. No, no, they kept they kept it PG, unfortunately. Um, ass then, uh, you know, no, no ass. No, nobody gets anything out. To be honest, mm. yeah, they don't even make a joke about Pikachu being, "Hey, why do I wear a hat?" Even though I don't wear pants, that seems like the exact type of thing Ryan Reynolds would say. But uh, uh, no, no joy. But yeah, it's 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 all right. 
uh, I, you know, like the, the, the conversation is very much, is it the de facto best video game movie ever? Eh, I preferred Tomb Raider last year, but this is a, this is a more gleefully video game movie. Cause Tomb Raider is like, they just made an action movie and they cast someone who looks like Lara Croft. Whereas this is like, no, we're making a fucking stupid video game movie for stupid video game babies. Um, so, so you can split hairs on that. Uh, but yeah, uh, it's, it's all right. I think you, I think you'll enjoy it. It was directed by the way, by Rob Letterman. Who's done? You want to sit down for this? Uh, that Goosebumps movie with Jack Black. Oh, who's rubbish? Uh, Gulliver's Travels with Jack Black also. Not seen that. Uh, he did a movie called Monsters vs Aliens, which was a 3D animated uh, or a uh, an anime uh, that one of them animated movies that is done with computers, not drawn with a hand. That one. Um, and also Shark Tale, that Finding Nemo one that wasn't Finding Nemo, that had Jack Black in it. Oh, I forgot. I was about to say Will Smith. I for, I, I'm thinking of, what am I thinking of? Yeah, no, Will Smith was in there as well. Oh, she was, yeah, okay, yeah. yeah. Okay, so that guy has a fairly un- unremarkable career. I guess this might be the highlight. Um, like, like, like I, I, can't, I can't stress it out. It's, it's dumb. There's so much, and it, and it is like it's not like a kids movie, like a Pixar movie. It's like there's tons of exposition, and all the twists are really obvious. Like it's a kids, kids, kids movie. Uh, but uh, you know, it, the theater was half full of people my age because we're the ones who grew up with Pikachu. So exactly. Uh, so there you go. Yeah, that was my that was my movie off for the week. This week is John Wick three. Ooh, Hell yeah. Sad. I am unfortunately away this weekend, so I won't be here for this show. But more importantly, I won't be here to watch John Wick when it comes out. I'm very disappointed. Um, but, uh, yeah, very excited about that. Me too. What have you watched, Joe? Um, watched a movie called Wine Country on mm-hmm. Netflix. Um, a show I wanted to watch. Um, it's directed by Amy Poehler. Mm-hmm. And it's about a load of menopausal women who go on a 50th birthday party to Napa Valley to drink wine. Uh, and I think the cast are all, or it's all the kind of women who are SNL writers and performers from back in the day, your kind of Tina Fey, Amy Poehler uh, generation. Right. Um, so anyway, they go away and have some wine and that and argue a bit and then, but they're all friends. So it's sort of fine. Um, yeah, it was pleasant enough. Michelle liked it. I didn't mind it. So, uh, if you like uh, seeing uh, comedian women on the screen, give it a shot. That's it. Hey. What if you don't like that? Don't watch it. Watch uh, Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Fair enough. Um, you don't see many movies like that about. I mean, I, when, when you when I heard Wine Country, I was thinking, um, what was that mm. one with Giamatti uh, and um, Grey's Anatomy? Side, sideways. Sideways, yeah. You'd think there'd be more movies of that ilk, wouldn't you? Of more movies with wine. More wine movies. That should be its own genre, wine. Yeah. Uh, right, very good. I, it's funny because you, you mentioned that um, it was all about middle-aged, I'm going to say, women. Um... And I was reading on Wikipedia the cast here, and it's Maya Rudolph, Rachel Dratch, yeah. Anna yeah. Gastier, uh, Paul Appel, Emily Spivey, Jason Schwartzman, and Tina Fey. I was thinking, 
Jason Schwartzman's a middle-aged menopausal woman now. It's quite the change for him. He pops up. What an actor. <laughs> He's transformative performance by Schwartzman. Yeah. Uh, he's quite good, Jason Schwartzman. I like him a lot. Yeah, he's good in this. He's a real douchebag. So. Uh, you've been playing Mortal Kombat, Barry. How's that going? Oh, yeah, I mentioned that in passing and I moved on because I haven't played that much of it. A lot of blood in it, is there? A uh, lot of blood, lots of lads getting their, getting their heads punched, um, getting their faces ripped off. Right. Um... Getting like they're getting kicked in the balls so hard their skeleton jumps out of the top of their body. That's an actual one. Um, yeah, no, it's good. And uh, so the the main draw for me for the Mortal Kombat games every, every time they're coming out is the story mode because they you know they basically pioneered the idea of fighting games having good stories. And uh, I'm about like two hours into this new one, and it, it, it's great. They they really lean into the idea that Mortal Kombat in these last couple of games that it's a very wacky franchise with wacky lore and so in this one uh they're basically you know they have a, a sort of a goddess of time who's in charge of the sands of time is like you do too much time traveling in these stories you're fucking everything up so i'm gonna create a new timeline i'm gonna erase all that dumb shit you did and they basically use that as an excuse to have kind of the current day characters versus like the mortal kombat one and two versions of those characters uh and it's very very fun they, they have a lot of fun with it mm. um and so i will report uh, back when, when i'm finished but uh, yeah good time um, I'm mainly doing the story stuff, so I haven't seen any of the kind of arcade mode kind of grindy stuff that people have been complaining about. I'm certain it's in there, and I'm sure I'll be annoyed when I get there, but the, the, the core story is, is a fun time so far. So yeah, I'll, I'll report back when I've, when I've played more of that. Cool. Uh, so let's go on to our emails then. Um, I've got one here from Scott McAvoy. Subject, Irish Whip Wrestling. And skewing reviews. He says, good evening, Paul. I firmly believe you should go to see Irish Whip Wrestling when it's in town. It's a great bonding yes. opportunity for you to watch your dad put on a show. That's very uh, good callback, Scott, to that when my dad was a wrestler. Um, oh. I, I will try and make it down to Irish Whip Wrestling. Anyway. I, I, I don't know that my dad will make it this time. I think he's kind of... We want to avoid a, a Silver King situa- situation in 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 Leaks of Village uh, behind the spar in the car park. There, um, he also says movie TV show question. Do you think when you hear that a movie or show is terrible and you watch it that you're a little bit more forgiving when rating it? You don't expect it to be good or even decent, so it's harder to be disappointed with how bad it is. Whereas if you hear a movie or show is great, it's very hard to live up to the hype. Uh, I think that's kind of naturally how it goes. Because um, I, th- I think disappointment is quite a big part of reacting badly to a film. I mean, on the other hand, if if you tell me that, I don't know, uh, was that film you watched again, Joe? Wine Country? Wine if someone said to me, it's, it's not that good, and then I watch it and I enjoy it, maybe, yeah, maybe I'll be a little bit like, no, I thought it was really good. Um, whereas, yeah, if it's bad, I'll say, yeah, well, <laughs> that's what you expect. It's a film about old women drinking the wine. Um, I think there's definitely something to that. I don't, but I don't think it's, it's, you know, anything that is crazy or, oh, it's never occurred to me that I'm <laughs> been disappointed by a film because someone told me it was excellent, you know? I think that's kind of how it goes, yeah. I mean, 
obviously I take I take into account also my perceived quality of the film. Like I, I'll say, yeah, you know, I thought I thought that was a nine. I thought it was really good. Or if I see something I think it's objectively bad, I'm going to say that as well. But yeah, I think disappointment also plays a big part. Um, but on the other hand, I think if someone tells me that a, a show is great or a movie is great and I go out on my way to see it and I really enjoy it, then maybe that beefs up my, my rating as well. Um, like John Wick 1, since Barry mentioned John Wick there. The first John Wick, I... I thought it was pretty good outside of the bit where he say um, that fucking nobody <laughs> is John Wick. Apart from that bit, um, I think it's like a quite good revenge film with like quite a flat ending. Uh, but I was told, no, look, John Wick 2, you have to see. Um, and I went out of my way to see John Wick 2. I bought it on Blu-ray and uh, I thought it was excellent. I thought it was really, really excellent. And now I'm super excited for John Wick 3. But that was based on being pushed to go see John Wick 2 after I, I had kind of not been blown, about, blown away by the first one. Um, Scott also then turns around with a Columbo-style extra email. He says, one, uh, one more thing, one more thing. He says, uh, a couple, and this is going to be quite the fucking discussion here. He says, a couple of weeks ago, you mentioned an electric shower. What the hell is that? I've lived in the house for 50 years now and I've never heard of it. Um, in America, they don't even have kettles. So, you know, yeah, it's just different. Way they don't well, they this haven't is, merged fire and water. This is one of those things where I'll explain what the purpose of an electric shower is and our, our American listeners will think, is that a fucking third world country they're living in? Uh, as, they turn around, <laughs> as, they, as they turn around and boil their water in a like pot um (laughs) so in ireland we have a thing which is called an immersion boiler or an immersion heater Uh, and essentially um you don't just have hot water all day you when you want to have a shower you flick you'll have a little um switch in your hot press uh which will turn on the immersion we just we just shorten you know call it the immersion for short That'll turn on the immer- the immersion, and then after about fifteen minutes, fifteen twenty minutes, your water's hot and you can jump in for a shower, and it doesn't. It is absolutely fucking rubbish, and I hate it. The point of well, <laughs> the point of mentioning an electric shower is that you, the electricity heats up the water, so you can just have electric, you know, have a shower whenever you want without the fifteen minutes preamble. Um, I'm that, pretty sure they have immersions in America because I. You remember there's an episode of Breaking Bad where I can't remember why, but Walt has to buy a new boiler. Mm. And he and he goes to the place and they sell him like a, a combi boiler, which is the one that heats the water whenever you want it. Right. And he's like, Oh and he buys I don't remember him it being like a big deal that he bought it and I was like, Really? They don't have that in America? So I'm I don't know. Electric I shower think. is 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 hot water on demand shower. It's just Yeah. Whenever you feel like you turn it on and the water is hot. By default, with a with a power like we have a a power shower, which is not electric and is just you know hooked to the immersion. So with that, you have to wait for the the water to heat up. Um, also, I guess the the opposite of that is that we don't have air condition in Ireland because there's no need for it because it's fucking sixteen degrees Celsius outside and go Jesus fucking roasting. 
Um, so while we have no AC, we have an immersion heater instead. And radiators. Do they have radiators in LA? Probably not. Uh, hey, what, what could they possibly use them for? You know. Yeah. That's what we have as well. I don't know if people have radiators in America. Probably in the colder parts they do. Yeah. It's just you have a little play of metal in, in the side of one of your rooms that heats the room up. It's, again, a very old-fashioned idea that people still haven't figured out yet. I mean, people have. People who have, like, Google Nests now, they just turn the thermostat up and the whole house gets heated up. Uh, whereas we just have the old radiator twist a bit on the side and make it go hotter or colder, whatever you prefer. Uh, and also, while he's at it, he says, how about a quick pick three? But it's with wrestlers, not movie stars this time. Um, you have, well, one of them I think is probably not going to be in the discussion here. You have Edge. Mm. Qu- quite good. Retired in that. Uh, Eddie Guerrero. Mm. Dead in that, but good when he was alive. Mm. Uh, and then Big Show. Big Show? <laughs> Weird. Oh, jeez. Um, I actually, I think I might go, go Edge on this one. As as much love as Eddie Guerrero gets, I think Edge, you have more of a variety of, of TLC matches, and he had a great run on top, great matches as well. The whole Edge and Christian team. I'm going to go with Edge, just for more for the Edge and Christian mm. stuff. I don't know what you would have to consider to pick Big Show over Edge and Eddie Guerrero. I... I, uh, I would probably... I'll go Eddie. Alright. And my, my reason is just longer career, worked more places... Uh, and he, you know, obviously, he didn't have the you know the TLC matches and things like that. But I think he probably had more variety in terms of he worked a lot of places. Like you know, you could watch you could watch him and Amazing Red and CM Punk have a match in front of forty people. You know, uh, if 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 you have. Whereas Edge Edge was kind of like you know he he obviously he and Christian worked their their high school gyms as pals. Uh, back in the day, but generally speaking, you're talking about a WWE system guy um, whose whose entire career you've already seen. I feel like if I was just watching Eddie Guerrero for the rest of my days, I would have a a bounty of things I've never seen before, you know? Mm. And they'd probably all be great because he was great pretty much right away. No one going for Big Show, then? No, I don't think so. I think he's pretty his body might end up being a little bit underrated when it's all said and done, but not more so than Edward well, Guerrero. You have that bit where Eddie Guerrero shot dog food at him out of a truck. You have that bit where he dressed as a baby. Um, what else did he do? The bit where he was Hulk Hogan for a minute at Backlash. Yeah. Um, when he debuted in WWF and then lost clean Steve Austin like two weeks after. Of course, yeah. Uh, when he was too fat and got sent down to OVW. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's my emails, anyway. 
Alrighty, I have an email here from Scott the Boy Mac He's asking me about the Saudi shows. He said last week you and Paul had a discussion about how WWE could turn its ratings around, and part of the discussion was about the Saudi shows. I think you got a bit backwards. The people who are going to be upset at the WWE going to Saudi Arabia aren't going to watch the product in the first place. As you can tell you, in marketing, it's great to cast a wide net when trying to gain an audience, but it's even better to know your core audience because those are the customers that support your business and spend money. Well, yeah, I know. I've, I've you know. I, I think I think at this point, I think every little helps. You know, I, I I think I think that's I think the the uh, you know moral obligations obligations objections is the word I'm looking for there. People might have to that. I think it's probably just a uh, uh, a straw that might have broken the camel's back, but I don't think it's I don't think it's a real make you know make or break for a lot of people. Generally speaking. Uh, as for WWE TV packages, the company would probably do better to split their writing staff into a couple of groups to focus on specific parts of the show, give the cruiserweights, the women, the tag teams, and the titles their own writers, and let them concentrate on making the stories for each group the best they can instead of trying to get everyone in a room to write everything. When you want to put the title on someone, have them move over to that writing team. Yeah, I don't know how they structured, to be honest. Um, that'd be interesting. Although I, I would worry then that they're all. How, how much repeating would you get if they're all not communicating with each other? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like with the, yeah, I mean, because you already have that. I think about. It. I don't know what, how much communication. Well, you have, uh, as, don't you have that with the agents that they need to keep on top that they're not using the same uh, two people yeah. don't use the announce table spot or something like. There's certain rules. Yeah. And yeah, so I suppose they could probably have. That. Yeah, I suppose they could do that for for writing as well as match construction. Yeah. Uh, last point here from Scott. He says, since JR's barbecue sauces are no longer on sale on WWE.com, do you think Vince was angry when JR told him he's going to AEW? Or do you think he looked at it as just a business deal? He's still listed in the WWE half, so I'm guessing Vince probably wasn't happy. We couldn't tell JR to say no to the money. I would say you're probably right on that second part. He probably wasn't happy, but I think he probably just said, look. Because the thing is, Vince isn't going to use him. You know what I mean? So he's like, okay, I don't want you to go, but I'm, not, I'm also not going to put you on TV. So there you go. Yeah. As for the barbecue sauce, I'm sure maybe Ross is just going to sell it independently, or maybe he'll sell it through AEW. Who knows? Um, uh, Vince and JR have a bizarre relationship that you could probably spend a full podcast talking about um, just that. So yeah. But uh, thank you, as always, Scott, for the email. Yeah, I also have an email from Scott, the boy McAvoy. He says, subject, new game idea. Uh, good evening, Joe. I hope you guys will forgive the lack of emails lately. Oh, it's sick. A couple of weeks ago, so bad that it was the first time in two years I called off work. Scott, you need to look after yourself, mate. Don't don't work yourself to death. Uh, between that and getting a new dog, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Ah, uh, congrats on the new dog as well. Seeing that on on the Twitter makes like a good yeah. dog. Good boy. Um, I have an idea for a new discussion topic, and I'd like you guys to bounce it around and see how you like it. If it works out, I'll see what I can do to keep coming up with them. The topic is who has less interest. Joe in a Marvel movie or Barry in the footy or sports in general. <laughs> and normally when comparing two things, you go for the best, but I want to know who cares less. Um, well, I would say I've, I've actually seen virtually all of the, the Marvel comic universe movies. Uh, whereas I don't think Barry has seen nearly all of the footballs. No, so, not quite. Not quite. Um... So I, yeah, I do actually watch them all, so I must have some level of interest, even if I'm not blown away. <laughs> yeah, I fear yeah. it's Barry, Barry in the footy. Yeah, so I, I think I, I think I've won that one quite handily. That's an interesting talk, talking point, though. Who cares the least about something is an interesting talk, talking point. I like that. Yeah, we'll do Raw next week. That weird. 
<laughs> he also says, who do you have as the favourite in the Champions League? Have a great week. Thank you, Scott. Um, Champions League, I'm going to go with, I think, Liverpool favourites. Fantastic. Yeah, I'm going to hesitate to predict anything in that competition anymore. Oh, tricky, isn't it? Hmm. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it won't be an easy game. I think it'll be a close game, and these these ties where you've got two country or two teams from the same country are always quite tight. Um, but yeah, I would I want Spurs to win. I'll be cheering on the Spurs. But I can see Liverpool Liverpool doing it. Yeah. Cool. Right, that's all the emails then, I suppose. That is the emails. We can jump in to the wrestle guff. We got some professional goddamn wrestling to talk about. There was a bunch of stupid bullshit on Raw. Do we want to even talk about it? Yeah. <laughs> we do. Yeah. So, so, right. So, in 2002, when the WWE, uh, WCW, essentially merged after the, the purchase, right? Too many wrestlers. Can't have them all in one show. Too many of them. So... Too many wrestlers. Too many. So take some of them, right? Put them on one side, uh, Raw, and some of them on SmackDown. And then they did a draft where, you know, uh, pick your pick one, then you pick the other, yeah. Uh, they did that for six years or so. Then stopped doing it for some reason. Started doing raw super shows where everyone was on. Then they just did it all the time. Because uh, people watch it. Don't watch when there's not SmackDown people on. Uh, so then they did again the draft. Because again, too many people in that. Um, but again, the, the people not enough people watching the shows. So what they did again, the same behavior... Just bring people from the other show and have on one. Now, I understand the logic. I'm going to start talking normally now again. Uh, I understand the logic of having all your stars on one show if your sole concern is people watching. But, again, when you stop leaning in any meaningful way on the brand extensions, SmackDown just gets fucking killed because who cares if you can see everyone on Raw and Raw is where they do the important storylines anyway. So in order to maintain SmackDown alone, they really need to stick to this fucking brand extension because otherwise yep. there's, there's no reason to watch it. Um, especially as they head to Fox very soon. Especially as they head to Fox. Uh, and the rumor is Ted Fox has told them they expect over 3 million viewers every week. Um, they are not doing currently um, but now the thing is they'll obviously get a bump from being on Fox Yeah. Um, but I don't know that's a big old bump I don't know they'll also go back to Fridays which is very weird um, I guess that's the that's the slot Fox made for them when they when they binned Brooklyn Nine-Nine and what have you um, but yeah so they've come so up yeah. with this wild card rule which Vince McMahon did a Dreadful job explaining on Raw. Terrible job explaining, and he got the numbers wrong like twice. I'm pretty sure, or like, or they were right when he said it, but then they had more people come out by the end of the show. So essentially, what the rule actually is is based on nothing but a whim. You can have any amount of Raw people just show up inexplicably on SmackDown, 
and vice versa, and even get title shots for the sh- belts on that show, which has yeah. happened yeah. already yeah. twice. Yeah. Um, Kofi defended against, on SmackDown this week, Kofi defended the WWE title, which is the SmackDown title, against AJ Styles and Sami Zayn, who were both off Raw, and inexplicably, for the vacant SmackDown tag team titles, Raw Superstars The Usos had a match against Daniel Bryan and Rowan. So yeah. not only is it like a, you can be invited to, because that was the wording Vince McMahon used, you can be, Raw Superstars can be invited to SmackDown, and SmackDown Superstars can be invited to SmackDown. Goddamn. Uh, not only that, they get title shots as well, which is just mad and makes no sense. Whatsoever. So, they're, they're, they're really, and, and what this smacks off is, is desperation. And very transparently so. It's a stupid oh, idea. Yeah. And what'll happen is the viewership will continue dwindling. And they'll just continue doing panicky shit like this. That makes no sense. They, um, all the pay-per-views are, are joint shows now. They, are, they, have, yes. they have been already for about yeah, uh, been a year and a half, two years. Yeah. I don't watch it. I'm so not sure. Yeah. And yeah, so now with it, so there essentially isn't a brand split anymore, I say. Because you can just... Yeah. The pay-per-views is like it may, it's SmackDown has such as basically just, as Paul was saying, just such a non-tangible identity of what SmackDown even is when you can't. And the funny thing is, when they have SmackDown separate and they stick th- to it, it builds stars like okay, originally you're John Cena, you're Randy Orton, and even in the most recent run, you know AJ Styles really only got going on SmackDown. Kofi Kingston. Never would have had a WWE title <laughs> where the brand's been not. Um, Mustafa Ali, to a Mustafa Ali. Uh, guys like you know Ricochet, Alistair Black. You wonder whether they would get the time they have if the the brands are united. You know. Anyway, it's stupid. Yeah. Uh, Silver King, Mexican wrestler. Known to us over on these uh, shores for being Ramses in Nacho Libre, one of oh, my yeah. one of my favorite little movies. Uh, died in London this week after apparently suffering a heart attack during a match with Juventud Guerrera. Uh, Juventud Guerrera, which was in I don't remember which um, site it was, they translated literally his name to Youth Warrior. I did not even know that's what that yeah. meant, but there you go. I, I just thought Hooven... Well, I guess he just is a name, but yeah. It's, it's, it's not his real name, but I've never seen him um, as Youth Warrior before, but nevertheless. That's pretty cool. Uh, uh, yeah, this is pretty horrible. Um, in London, of all places as well, like they had a lot of... I, I'm not familiar with what this company is, but they had like a lot of actual Lucha Libre stars, Hooven, Silver King. The match had been refereed by, by Black... Terry, who's a you know a respected authority in in in, in Lucha. Um, when I first heard that, that there was like people saying, "Oh, he's down in the ring and it's really really serious." The first really terrible sign was that that I, I heard something went wrong, and then and then people were saying the show's canceled. Were being asked to leave. I was like, "Oh fuck!" When wrestling people actually cancel the show, that's yeah. like, "Okay, this is bad. This is actually really bad." Uh, and I thought it was some kind of like. I, I have not seen the footage. I do not want to see the footage. I know the footage is out there. Uh, I, when I first saw the news, I was like, oh, did he like land on his head or something like that? 
it kind of seems like he just had a heart attack. You know what I mean? I, I, he was a 51-year-old guy, obviously, you know, long, hard career. Um, uh, so so don't really want to, you know, casting aspersions as to what went wrong, what happened. I've seen a lot of speculation about how quick they were able to get him medical assistance. It's just kind of a, a, an unfortunate aspect of indie wrestling. But uh, really horrible. I can't imagine. And I hope it never the day never comes that you see a death in the ring. I've never seen one. I've we've been lucky enough, me and you, Paul, to never even really see any any really bad injuries, with the possible exception of I guess Katie Harvey that one time. I, I saw uh, Seth Ron's knee go inside out as well that one time. Oh that that was pretty bad actually. That's correct. Yeah, so you saw that. Um, uh yeah. is head that one time as well. Yeah, but that but that turned out to not that looked worse than it was. Yeah. You know, um, like he, he got a bump on his head. Like the Katie Harvey one's the closest I like that she really messed herself up on that but but other than that i feel like we've been fairly lucky i i cannot imagine seeing this like i don't know that i would want to go to wrestling for a very long time after seeing that but um sucks yeah really t- I, I i was not overly familiar with him at all i was i knew the name i my you know what is the, the, my main thing when i hear silver king is that cool dive chris saban does is the silver king dive because he obviously got it from silver king um that's that's that was the majority of my my takes about him, unfortunately. Fair enough. Uh, so, in lighter news, they're, yeah. they're seriously going to have Goldberg wrestle the Undertaker in Saudi in Arabia. In the kingdom of Saudi Arabia. Okay, let me just look up their ages here. Goldberg, fifty-two. Undertaker. They're like the same age, yeah. Because Undertaker's like fifty odd as well. He's like 50, early fifties. Fifty-four. So okay. A combined 106 years old. Ooh, is that the oldest match in WWE history? No, actually, uh, Patterson. No, the, the the last. Oh well, Patterson. No, I think even Patterson and Briscoe might be beaten by the last uh, Saudi Arabia fucking tag match. The the DX Brothers of Destruction. You might be right. Because that was okay. Wait, hang on. Sean is forty something. Hunter is forty something. They're like eight. That's what's called them eighty five. Sean must be more than forty something. Surely. Oh, no, yeah, you're right. Yeah, so I was like 50. Yeah. 50 53. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, so like, yeah, I think that match, that match would be more than Briscoe and Patterson. Briscoe and Patterson must have been like 120 altogether. <laughs> Actually, Briscoe was 53 in 99. Jesus, the road owned him. Fucking hell. He looks about 80 years old in that, in that fucking He's still only 72, and that match happened That's 19 that. years ago. <laughs> Yeah. That is outrageous. Oh my god. Patterson was 58. Not that old. I mean. mm. Yeah. So not really. Out there. If you're gonna if you're gonna do Undertake an Undertaker match, fucking might as well be the two minute thing. Like I don't want to see him do anything else. Yeah, well, but then who's gonna win? Who fucking cares? Doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean you're right. Yeah. I mean, even within the world of, even within the context of WWE, nothing matters less than this match. I would guess. Oh, actually, yeah, actually, that no, I take, I take that back. You are correct. That's a good question because I would guess, just by virtue of the fact, this is probably his last match that Goldberg loses. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll throw, like a, the, I'll throw a hypothetical for you here. What? Uh, no one loses. There's, there's interference, and it becomes a tag team match, and they win really easily, and they both celebrate. Yeah, or could you imagine if there is interference and it didn't... Can you imagine if... No, because that would turn into a good match because Ricky Morton would would, would be good. He'd He'd hit Taker with a Canadian Destroyer. 
<laughs> and everyone goes, oh my god! Um, but uh, no, what would be even better is if, if someone ran in and they didn't even turn it into a tag match. Goldberg and Taker just ran off the heels and, and d- double choke slam on Nakamura and fucking Rusev, and that's that's your angle. It'll be some shit like that. I don't know that because both of these guys keep remember now. Goldberg and Undertaker uh, take themselves far too seriously. Yes. Um. So I'm going to predict it's going to be some schmoz like that. Uh, I think, but I also think Goldberg is also like weirdly old school and says that if it is his last match and it is Undertaker, he'll probably lose. He'll probably want jumping. to lose. I think, I think they'll do like the second Brock match where Goldberg will do something cool. Undertaker will kick out. They'll go outside. They'll do a barricade spot. They'll come in. Undertaker tombstones. Like it'll be a three minute match where they just do near falls. Yeah. Um, and to be fair, that Brock match is actually a lot of fun for what it was. Um, well, I mean, if it goes only three minutes, that's okay. Because going forty-seven minutes, folks, Triple H against Randy Orton. That's more egregious. That's more egregious than killing the journalist. Um, <laughs> like, oh, like so. The funny thing is, like, all their other requests make sense because because when they did the first Saudi show, there was that report that oh, they asked for like Ultimate Warrior and shit. Not even aware that he's dead. It's like okay, the the these people who are putting this show together, they're like you know. They're vaguely aware of WWE. They want the big stars. They want the 80 stars. They want the Undertaker. They want Goldberg. And, you know, and, and that's fine. And they want DX. And they don't really give a shit that, that the other six hours of the show are, you know, Baron Corbin, Seth Rollins, Becky Lynch. They don't give a shit about that. But, like, Randy Orton and Triple H, they, there's no way that was specifically requested. They definitely just said, we want Triple H in a match. And and WWE said, "What's the easiest night at the office we can give him?" Um, and and they came up with that. Oh my god, they didn't have they didn't have good matches fifteen years ago when they were all like still in one piece. Um, yeah, so that's that. And they're also doing a fifty man battle royale, I believe. Mm. Uh, not a Royal Rumble. They're not they're not you know doing the greatest Royal Rumble, but. 50 lads in the, I guess are going to start in the ring I guess yeah I guess so that might be alright just for fucking stupid novelty value I guess hope they do the finish where someone gets thrown out but then uh, we don't realise and then they come back at the end and win <laughs> so that's my favourite finish uh, also on the show will be Lesnar Reigns Styles Strowman Kofi Rollins they were advertised as well. I thought when you started listing those names, you were saying also on the show Lesnar Reigns. I was like, you're no, fucking having sorry, a laugh. No, no, no. You're well, having a laugh. You never know. Um, <laughs> so that's the news about um, WWE in Saudi Arabia. But now on the UTV, if you like a bit of Kenny Omega, stick around. It's all Elite Wrestling. <laughs> oh, dearie me, dearie me. Now, our hangman Cade <laughs> fancies himself as the AEW champion, but a certain bastard has something to say about that. It's AEW. <laughs> yeah, so uh, AEW is on the old... I- the, uh, the 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 popular service we're all familiar with AEW no got it wrong ITV box office I've never heard of it I've never heard of this and when I started searching for it 
um, after they announced that it was a bunch of people grousing about what a shitty service it is to use. Apparently, it's where they put boxing and stuff. I don't know. Joe, have you ever heard of this? No, I think it's fairly new. Okay. Yeah, put a lot on it. Actually, yeah, when you when you go to their website now, it's all like AEW. It's brackets. just AEW. Yeah. 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 Um, so very interesting. Um, so the other, so they put out a press release. All the official ITV uh, accounts retweeted it, and all this other stuff. Seems like it's going to be a little bit of a partnership. Just for this pay per view, that's all they've announced. Um, but it's the uh, it'd be fifteen Great British Queens pounds uh, for the Double or Nothing pay per view. Uh, on the ITV pay-per-view service, but the pre-show will be on ITV4, hmm. um, which I'd say is probably comparable somewhat, I would say, to, to the all-in pay-per-view preview show being on, was on WGN America or some shit like that. It was on some, yeah. like... So I think, like, because WGN is, like, widely available but not popular, and I think that's the same with ITV. Yeah. I think a lot of households have it, but who watches it? Yeah, if you like forty-year-old uh, episodes of The Sweeney, courage <laughs> or, or Minder, then uh, get ITV4 on, please. Uh, and stick around after the wrestling, folks. It's Columbo. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those thousand shows about people getting cotton customs with a load of heroin in their suitcase. <laughs> oh, Hopefully none of the AEW boys show up on that one. No, God, no. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's interesting. And obviously, so the real question then is, 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 uh, does this, does this, uh, uh, test the waters for a real, uh, UK television deal, uh, uh down the line, obviously WWE, were in panic stations when World of Sport was going to be on ITV. That was obviously a different beast. That was ITV one. That was a, a real, a, a real proper thing. Uh, if this is successful, do they stick on ITV four? Does WWE care? Is that even that big a deal? This is all. This is all very like a lot of AEW stories. This is all very hard to quantify because they haven't. It's not a thing yet. You know what I mean? It's like it's all very interesting, but we don't know how uh, how uh, crazy things are going to get. You know? Yeah. I think yeah, I think it's a good sign, and I think um, it will definitely be followed by um, a TV deal announcement once they announce the American one, um, because it it just makes sense. ITV have been into wrestling, but struggled to do it themselves um, because they probably don't have the knowledge or the talent to, to put on their own show uh and yeah they're going to get a high quality kind of product uh they can just kind of pop on play a free for makes sense it does it does yeah it does seem like split the difference doesn't it because like because world of sport just it, it, it was just weird because i feel like you had because you had the, the the brand name was kind of this albatross because like old people tuned in and said what the fuck's this flippy do shit mm. uh but also if you had fat lads then the young people would go what's this Big Daddy garbage. You know what I mean? It's like I, I just think I don't think it's possible to really do world of sport and please everyone. So, but if you say, hey, we've got you know American wrestling and it's you know moderately well known stars and they do all the hard work, they fucking tape it, they go to Vegas, they do all that shit. I remember when the first World of Sport tapings came out, there was all these people freaking out because the the ticket situation was like a studio television show, and a bunch of wrestling fans showed up saying, well, no, I got the email saying you know you're in the draw to be on the show. 
Can't yeah. I just come in and sit, can't I just come in and sit down? It's like not really. Mm. Um, you know, so that that is a good point. Yeah, um, I'm very interested. You mentioned there the um, uh, the US TV deal. So the the big rumor is that the uh, the US TV deal will be revealed this coming Wednesday. Uh, the Turner Broadcasting Group, they're doing their uh, summer season upfronts uh, this coming Wednesday, which is basically where they say, hey, here's what we have for the next couple of months. Here's our, our new season of content. And the rumor is that just before those upfronts, AEW will announce their presence and that they will be a featured act. And, you know, that's obviously a, a wide umbrella of channels. What the actual distribution will be uh, remains to be seen. But very, very interesting. So this time next week when we're doing this show, we'll have a, we should presumably have an AEW TV deal mm. uh, to discuss. Um, the, the rumor is TNT, which that might mean more to Scott and our American friends than it means to us. TNT. And, Don't know. And Network. Television. It's it's pretty cool to have wrestling back on TNT after te- 20 years after WCW has kicked off the air. It is. It is funny that it's Turner, isn't it? It's, it's interesting. I think Ted Turner's going to come out in the first show. Billionaire Ted. Reveal that he's the higher power. <laughs> uh, me, Vince. It was me, Vince. All along. <laughs> uh, that's good, Ted. But I'm in the uh, I'm in the Saudi propaganda business. Have. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, and so the other the other kind of hot rumor that again presumably will be revealed on Wednesday is that their their U.S. pay per view model is going to be on the Bleacher Report streaming service, which is owned by Turner. But again, mm. that's all that's all to be confirmed. We'll see how how much uh, validity there is to all of that. I'm interested in what night of the week they're going to go on. Um, I can't imagine they're going to do Mondays. I mean, that would yeah. just they'll do Tuesdays so... and they'll spin it as we scare we scared SmackDown back to back to five. <laughs> Get the hell out of here, cowards! Uh, I was listening to some other uh, uh, shows chit chatting about it. So apparently, T and uh, Turner stuff shows sports that might cause them to be preempted if they go Tuesday. Uh, what is it? I think it's baseball. I can't remember. Uh, basketball. Basketball. That's it. Yeah, basketball. That's one it. That's of them. It. One of them. Um, and yeah, it kind of gets you off on the wrong foot if you're on this station where you get preempted every other week because some sports go long. I mean, if they do a Tuesday or a Thursday, they could they could name their show something starting with a T and call it Tuesday Night, and then that would be TNT as well. So it'd be good good branding. Yeah. What would you call it? Tuesday. Okay, uh, let's let's make the obvious joke. Tuesday Night Tits. Right. <laughs> Is that the obvious joke? <laughs> Tuesday. I suppose they don't. They couldn't do Titans because that's that was obviously owned by Titan. Um, uh, Tuesday night. Technicals. Yeah. Uh, Tuesday night. Tuesday night hot t-shirts. Ah, to- <laughs> Tuesday night topic sponsored by Hot Topic. Ah, uh, <laughs> oh, it's such a shame they got Titans. Tuesday night Titans is such a good name. Uh, we'll think about it and come back to you folks. But yeah, so that's interesting. Yeah, so we're finally going to get some 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 hot deets on the. I'm just googling um, cool nouns that start with T. Booker. Tuesday night. Mm. Shame the NXT have takeover. That'd be good on Tuesday night takeover. Yeah, um, I think I'd probably get away with that, but I think people would look at that as as you know. <laughs> Tuesday night tap dance. Hell yeah. Yeah. Tuesday night Taskmaster, get him back in. They might oh, stick with yeah. the uh, the gambling theme. 
Night is something kind of Tuesday night. Tuesday night, Tuesday night taboo. Tuesday night bingo. <laughs> <laughs> Tuesday night trouble. Yes. Tuesday night trousers. I don't know why that fucking came to my head. That's a good one. Um, or go very literal. Uh, Tuesday night transmission. Yeah. <laughs> torque. That's kind of close to nitro, isn't it? Tuesday night torque. Yeah, Tuesday night torque's not terrible. It's actually it's pretty bad. No, no. It's it's dumb. Uh, anyway, we'll we'll see what they come out with. So the actual rumored name that they've copyrighted is is Tuesday night dynamite. Ah, that rhymes at least. Yeah. So it does have Ian, a it does have a very uh southern wrestling sound to it though, doesn't it? Yeah. Tuesday night dynamite. That's kind of what the audience expects. That's what t- that's what wrestling names wrestling shows have stupid names, so you yeah. know, impact, smackdown, like, you know, stupid shit. Yeah. Um AEW they also announced this week that they signed Angelico and Jack Evans. Uh, so Double or Nothing will have Angelico and Jack Evans versus Chuck Taylor and Trent Beretta, which is pretty good. I think that card looks fun. Um, so yeah, that's uh, all that AEW news coming up. And then uh, we, we, we come into the, uh, the other news section. Percy, yes. Percy Watson leaves WWE. I didn't and re- finally. <laughs> Percy Watson leaves WWE. He had been doing commentary in NXT. I thought he was pretty good at it, but apparently he's on the way up. Uh, Lars Sullivan has said sorry for all them bad things he said on that bodybuilding forum uh, yeah. years and years sure. ago. Makes me want to delete all my old posts just in case. Yeah. Not in case that WWE contract gets taken away from you. <laughs> in case I have to apologize on the new day. Uh, That's always the funniest part of these stories. It's like the gatekeepers of being black. It's like if ever they have to, if ever anyone in WWE does wrong, they have to go to the New Day specifically to apologize. But I kind of like that. I like that they're respected enough that that yeah. you have to go to them and say your yeah, piece. But yeah, uh, and also uh, Donovan Dijak, whatever his name is, it Dij- something Dijakovic. What's his first name? In NXT? Oh, right, I watch NXT. I don't even know. Yeah, what's he called? Is Dijakovic? Uh, Dijakovic. He has the first name. It's Dominic Dijakovic. Dominic. Dominic. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. that's the one. His indie name was like kind of stupid, but like all right for what it was. Like I, uh, uh, I feel like this is a conversation that's happened many times. He'll he'll just be Dijakovic before long, anyway. Don't worry about. And I'm not saying that sarcastically. That is best, I'd say. Um. So he's out injured, so he's not having that much uh, promoted match now with um, Big Baby Bronson. Um, yes, Big Bronson, that's right. He got, he got injured as well. And they've been building that match for like what feels like a year now and it'll never happen. Yeah. Uh, and also, just during the show here, there was news that um, Killer Cross is looking for his Impact Wrestling release, according to PW Insider. Uh, hmm. He was on the Bloodsport show that we all watched. And he's, yeah. got, he's got a reputation for being quite good. So, yeah, I feel like he's better on that Bloodsport show than any of the Impact. Not, not that he's bad at Impact or anything, but like he's 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 just kind of an he's an all right wrestler who, who like was really good at that style. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I wonder if that's I wonder hmm. in what direction is he looking to go? 
Uh, he's got the look that makes you think WWE, but I don't know. I'd be surprised if they weren't interested in him. Yeah, very, very much their cup of tea. Uh, on the Impact front, I think we talked, I think actually just last time I was on, we talked about the Eli Drake thing. Yeah. Um, there was a, a kind of a further development onto that. Impact have gone very WWE on this. Uh, because obviously Eli Drake and Impact have a bit of a bitter split. Um, apparently he wanted an early release out of his contract. Um, uh, which just, you know, was, was you would imagine would coincide with AEW starting up. Maybe he was going to make the jump. Maybe he was, maybe he wasn't, I don't know. But um, because of the, the, the bitter circumstances surrounding his, his uh, departure, it seems Impact have allegedly uh, slapped him with a no-compete um, for, for an un, unspecified amount of time. Uh, which is almost it's almost out of the old Rey Mysterio or Luke Harper. Well, you know, we're, you know, you don't play ball with us, so we're going to keep you locked up as long as we can. Hmm. Uh, what happened uh, to their like make good with the wrestlers? The whole Matt Hardy thing from like a little while ago. Well, uh, you know, dep- depending on all the scuttlebutt you believe, it seems like he he even before the whole Tessa Blanchard uh, thing kind of blew up, it seemed like he was not on the best terms with management anyway. Hmm. Um, and to to cut impact some slack, I mean, I I don't think he handled it the best when he basically just went on Twitter and voiced all his all his concerns about the intergender thing, and you know, you know, I it just seems like that it just seems like a, a nasty little split sure. um, is happening there all over Eli Drake, who used to, who was who was a world champion there at one time, which is a, an interesting tidbit to always remember. Uh, but yeah, so that's the uh, that's the impact news. Anything else? Uh, uh, that's it on the. That's it. Yeah, busy week. Busy week. Lots of uh, uh, lots of uh, goings on, and more to come. Of course, as we said, uh, next week AEW TV news. Next week we also have Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank is on Sunday. Yeah, uh, we have Game of Thrones finale. <laughs> Good luck to Money in the Bank. No one's watching that. I'm afraid. Yeah. Uh, so I I'm away on my holiday, Bob's next week. I'm taking my mammy to Scotland. Uh, for her birthday, Hootsman, uh, and so I'll be away Sunday and Monday. So you two can uh, can come on here and you can dissect the Game of Thrones without me. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, so uh, the lads will be back next week. I'll be back in two weeks. Till then, chairshoppodcast.com to send us an email, dive into the episode archives, do all that fun stuff. Uh, yeah, and uh, follow us on Twitter at chairshoppod at the Marionette at Paul Griffin CSP and at Griff Tannen. Until then, folks, it's goodbye from me, Barry Murphy. It's goodbye from Paul Griffin. Goodbye. It's goodbye, Mr. Joe Towder. Mm-hmm.